This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. There are a lot of interesting and profitable ways of studying the Bible. One of those ways is to study the questions in the Bible. And there are lots of them. For example, the question posed in Genesis chapter 3, verse 9, Where are you, or where art thou? And that's a question God asked of, of, of Adam. And it wasn't because God was unaware of where he was. I think he wanted to know where he was. He wanted Adam to know where Adam was. But then there's a question in Genesis chapter 4 and verse 9, Am I my brother's keeper? I think in that case it would have been better if he had been his brother's brother because he killed his brother. And then there's a question asked by Jesus in Matthew 16, 26. What is a man profited if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? And then there's a question posed in, in Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 3. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? So there are so many questions in the Bible. Today we want to look at one of those. And this is the question, is it well with you? Please stay tuned. I, I'm Billy Lambert and I want to welcome you today to getting to know your Bible. And we appreciate those of you who may be watching today for the very first time. Continue as we dis uh, to watch as we discuss that Bible subject today. Now, on Getting to Know Your Bible, we offer a free Bible correspondence course. We have hundreds that have already enrolled in this Bible course. We want you to have it. And in order that you might know more about the course and how to receive it, we're going to pause for just a moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. One question that's found in the Bible that I want us to think about today is recorded in 2 Kings chapter 4 and verse 26. As a matter of fact, it is a series of questions. Run now, I pray thee, to meet her, and say unto her, Is it well with thee? Is it well with thy husband? Is it well with the child? And she answered, It is well. Of all of the questions that are found in the Bible, I don't think there's one that is of any greater importance than the question that is suggested by this text. And the question that is suggested by this text is this, is it well with your soul? I think there are lots of reasons that we ought to be concerned about the welfare 
of our own soul. Well, one reason is because it may not be well with our souls, might not even be aware of it. And the welfare of our soul also has an effect upon other people and how it might be with them as well. And then another reason I think we need to consider this question is because the condition of our soul determines our eternal destiny. Is it well with your soul? Is it well with you? I want us to think about the one of whom this question was asked. And in 2 Kings chapter 4 and verse 8, we learn that this woman of whom the question was asked is referred to as being a great woman. We sometimes refer to her as the Shunammite woman. And she's called a great woman. And I think there's several reasons that she's referred to in that way. One reason is because she was a very perceptive woman. She told her husband, you know, said this, this man that keeps coming by and staying with us, and I perceive this as a man of God. She, she was very perceptive. Elisha was coming by, staying in her home, and she perceived that he was a godly man. We need to be perceptive people as well. In 1 John chapter 4 and verse 1, we're told that we ought to try the spirits, whether they are of God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. So we need to be able to perceive between what is right, what is wrong, what is true, and what is false. So this woman was perceptive. But I think she's called a great woman because she was a very hospitable woman. Hospitality seems to be a, a lost art in, in our time, but, but not in her day. You see, she told her husband, why don't we just build a little room on the house? Let's put a bed in there, a table. Let's have a chair. Let's have a lamp in there. Because the prophet's always stopping by our home, and we just need to provide a place for him to stay. I remember many years ago, I was preaching in a certain town in Alabama, and there was a couple that I stayed with. I stayed in their home. They had literally built a, a bedroom onto their house, and they called it the Elisha room. And in that room, they had a bed. They had a table. They had a lamp. They even had a television. I don't think this woman had a television in her home. But this woman was a very hospitable woman. We ought to be people of hospitality. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 2 says, Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, but thereby some have entertained angels unawares. But then this woman is called great, I think, because she was a very humble woman. Gehazi, who was a servant of Elisha, came to this woman and said, Now, th this is what you've done for us. Now, let me ask you, what can we do for you? You want us to go and talk to the king for you? And this is what she said in verse 13. I dwell among my own people. In other words, I'm not looking for anything big because of what I've done. And in a nice way, I think she was saying, no, I don't want you to speak to the king on my behalf. But I want you to think about the question she was asked. And she was asked, is it well with thee? You know, some people think everything is well with them if they have lots of money, 
They, they think everything is well with them if they have a status, if they have uh, a nice home in which to live, a good job making a, a good salary. They think everything is just, it's just great. But we need to ask the question, is it well with me? Would you be willing to ask yourself that question, is it well with me? You see, the place to start is yourself. Listen to Paul in Acts 20, 28, and he's addressing elders in the church. He said, take heed unto yourselves. The first place that you start is with yourselves. Look at yourself first. And then in 2 Corinthians 13 and 5, he said, examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith. Look at yourself first. In 1 Timothy 4, 16, this is written to a preacher. Take heed to yourself and to your doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this you will save both yourself and them that hear you. And so we do take heed to ourselves. Look at yourself. And to be well with your soul, for everything to be in order with you and God, first of all, you must recognize your need of God. And you must recognize that you are a sinner. We are all sinners. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And, and it will never be well with us until we recognize our need of God, our need of forgiveness, because of the sin there is in my life. For it to be well with us, we have to have the right attitude about Jesus. Jesus ought to be the most precious thing to you there is. You know, Jesus said, If you love me, keep my commandments. A number of years ago, uh, where I was preaching in Mobile, Alabama, after I would finish preaching on Sunday nights, I would get in my car and I would go to a local radio station and preach on that radio station, I'd be live. And our children were small at that time, and they liked to go with Daddy to the radio station. And I remember one Sunday night, our oldest daughter wanted to go with Daddy that night. So we're driving down the interstate on the way out to the station, and she said, you know, Daddy, I love Jesus more than I love strawberry pie. Now, folks, if you only knew how that, that girl loves strawberry pie, and she's up in her 50s now, she still likes strawberries and strawberry pie. You might understand that. But then she said, Daddy, I love Jesus more than I love you. And my, tear, my eyes just sort of teared up when she said that. It made me just feel so good that she had that attitude as a little girl. She still has it today. Is Jesus precious to you? Do you love Him? Are you willing to do what He tells you to do? For it to be well with you, your sins need to be washed away in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, we're to believe in Jesus. John 8, 24 says, Except you believe that I am He, you're going to die in your sins. You can't go to heaven with a bale of sins in your heart. No, no, you have to leave them on the outside. And Luke 13 and 3, Jesus said, I tell you, nay, but except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. We ought to be willing to 
freely, openly acknowledge our faith in Jesus Christ, as did the man in Acts the 8th chapter, when he said, Now here is water, why can't I be baptized? And Philip said to him, If thou believest, thou mayest. He said, I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And then he was baptized. You see, that is the confession the one makes. I have no right to ask anyone anything other than this. Before they're baptized, do you believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God? And it was upon that confession of faith that man was baptized. And in order for it to be well with your soul, you must be baptized. Why? Because Jesus said, not Billy, but Jesus said, He that believeth one is baptized too, shall be saved, number three. I doubt we would misunderstand that if it read like this, He that believeth and is baptized shall receive $10 million. And you'd understand that in order to receive the $10 million, you would have to comply with those two conditions Jesus laid down in that text. So if for it to be well with you, you've got to have your sins forgiven in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. I would urge you as a father, as a mother, as a son, as a daughter, maybe as a grandparent, to give your life to Jesus, to give your life that it might be well with you. And for it to be well with us, folks, we've got to keep our thinking straight. Our attitude must be right. There are a lot of things that are hard to keep straight in this old world. One woman said it was hard for her to keep her checkbook straight. I was visiting in a home up in the state of Virginia uh, in a, when I was preaching there in a, in a revival. And, and this little boy was just jumping everywhere. He was on the sofa. He was jumping. He actually tried to jump and grab the chandelier that was hanging in the middle of the room. And, and, the, and his mother kept saying, harm, don't do that. Harm, stop that. She said, Brother Lambert, you ever heard the expression, in har get out of harm's way? I, yes, ma'am, I've heard that. She said, that's harm. That's harm. She had a hard time keeping him straight. But let me tell you the hardest thing for me to keep straight is my attitude. And I've got to have the right attitude about God and about Jesus and about the Holy Spirit. I've got to have the right attitude toward my brethren. I've got to have the right attitude toward my neighbors. I've got to have the right attitude even toward people that may not really like me if I'm going to have it well with my soul. But this woman was asked another question. What about your husband? What about your husband? Is it well with your husband. Now, for it to be well with a husband in a home, he needs to be willing to assume some responsibility in that home. Don't you think? Don't you think he ought to assume responsibility in the home? He's to be the head of the family. I think about a passage like Joshua chapter 24 and in verse 15. Choose you now whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served, they were on the other side of the flood, or the god of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. Joshua said, now let me tell you what we're going to do at our home. We're going to serve the Lord. Don't you think it would be a better world today? Don't, don't you think our children would be better off today if they had fathers who were saying to them, 
as for me and my house, as for me and my wife, as for me and my sons and my daughters, what we're going to do at our house is serve the Lord. I've heard politicians and news people talking about what we need to do to make our country a better country and how we're going to correct some of the ills that we have in this nation. And I believe it starts at home. It starts with your family. It starts with my family. Don't you think so? Doesn't that make sense? If we can start in our families and we can put God back in our homes and if we can say to our families, we're going to serve the Lord at our house, that doesn't mean we're not going to have some difficulties along the way, but we've got God on our side. We've got someone on whom we can lean and depend as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. As a husband, as a father, you have a responsibility before God to do that. You see, we need to assume responsibility to lead your family for it to be well with you. Is it well with your husband? For it to be well with your husband, it has to be a saved man. Is your husband saved? Say, Brother Lambert, I, I've been praying for that man for 30 years. I've actually talked to women who, who, who did that. that. Maybe they've been praying for 30 or 35 years. He would become a child of God. I remember going to see a, a man one Sunday afternoon, and it was a cold, cold January day. When I got to his house, the man was sick. And he said, Brother Lambert, I don't really feel good. But I, I decided I was there to talk to him about his soul. His soul was valuable. I was sorry that he was sick, but he was sicker in his soul than he was with whatever ailed him physically. And I said, you know, one of these days, you're going to die. His wife had been thinking for 30 years he would become a Christian. I said, one day you're going to die. And I said, you're going to make it very difficult. For me, if I'm called upon to speak at your funeral to have something to say, you need to give your life to Jesus. He is such a good man in so many ways. He just never had surrendered. I says, now, Junior, I'm going to my office. I'm going to be there at 4 o'clock. And I'm going to look for you to come by my office and, and I'm going to baptize you into Christ. And I got up and left. So I'm sitting in my office and I hear the door open. And he st sticks his head in the door. He said, you didn't think I'd come, did you? Thirty years. Thirty years. And from that time to the time he died, he lived a faithful Christian life. You can win your husband by living right before him. Likewise, you wives, be subject unto your husbands, that if any obey not the word, they may without the word be won by the conversation of their wives, while they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear. 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. In a service, the preacher had preached his sermon. They were singing a song of invitation for people to come to the front if they wanted to become Christians. They needed prayer. And there was a man who stepped out. His wife had been waiting for 25 or 30 years for this moment. 
And as he walked down that aisle, there wasn't a dry eye in the house. And after the service is over, the preacher went to the man, and you know, preachers can be just as vain as anybody else. And, and the preacher thought, well, it must have been something I said today that caused him to make this decision today. So the preacher sort of beat around the bush about that, and he said, well, was there some particular thing that caused you to make the decision today? And the man knew what the preacher was hinting for. The preacher wanted him to say, yes, you know, that sermon is what got me today. But he said to the preacher, he says, there's my preacher. He said, I enjoyed what you had to say, but it was another preacher that got me. And he pointed to his wife. And he says, she lived Christ before me. She's the one who converted me. She led me by her example. How are you leading your husband? How are you leading your children for that matter? Are, you, are they following your example? Now here's a third question that's posed in this text. Listen to it now. Is it well with a child? You know, children are gifts given to us by God. In Psalms 127, the psalmist said, Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is His reward. As arrows are in the hands of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. But is it well with your child? Man was watching the evening news. And the commentator was talking about various places around the globe, and, and he wasn't certain where some of those places were located. He knew his son had a globe in his room, a globe of the world, and he went into his room, and he picked the globe up, and he was walking out of the room with the intention of setting the globe down before the television set and trying to find these places they were talking about on that globe. And as he was leaving his son's room with the globe in his hand, his little boy looked at him and said, Daddy, what are you going to do with my world? What are you going to do with my world? What, what are you going to do with your child's world? You're going to leave it to chance? You, you're going to leave it to his friends and associates to determine what's going on in your child's world? The greatest thing you'll ever do for your children is to lead them to Jesus Christ. Is it well with your child? Is it well with your child with the, with the friends that he or she might have? Is it well with your child with the, with the way that they use the social media? I, have, I use social media. But still, I think it's a very dangerous thing that some of our children get into using that social media. As a parent, you need to know what they're doing with it. Is it well with your child, the music they listen to? Is it well with your child? There's not a more important question that we'll ever ask ourselves as it relates to those precious children than that one. And in order for it to be well,
we as fathers and mothers need to bring those children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 3 and 4. We need to train those children up the way they should go so that when they're old that they will not depart from it. Is it well with your child? I think about Absalom in the Old Testament. He was a son of David. He rebelled against his father. And he was warring against his father. And there's a time that David asked this question of those who came back from battle. What about Absalom? What about Absalom? And he was told that Absalom had been killed. And David wept over the death of that child. And he said, would to God, I died for thee. Wouldn't it have been better if he had lived for him? Maybe David was so busy being a king when Absalom was just a lad of a boy at his knee that he didn't have time to really be a dad to him. Oh, these are some important questions. Is it well with you? Are you saved? Is it well with your husband? Is it well with your child? This woman said, it is well. I want to thank you for watching today. And in the closing moments, may I give you a personal invitation to visit the Church of Christ in your community. And also right now, pick up the telephone. Don't hesitate about doing this. We're not going to ask for a credit card. We're not going to send you a bill. This is free. And call and right, now, right now and order the free Bible correspondence course. Hundreds of people have already done this. Over the years, we've had thousands and thousands of people studying this Bible course. But just this year, there are hundreds and hundreds of people that are taking the course. We want you to have it. And you may take it online if you prefer. I want to thank you for watching Getting to Know Your Bible today. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you is my prayer. We want to help you as much as possible in your search for a personal relationship with God. You can now easily access our free Bible correspondence course online at gettingtoknowyourbible.com. If there's any way we can help you grow closer to God, please email us at gettingtoknowyourbible at yahoo.com or call us anytime at 1-877-711-5214. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama 36580.
or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible.